Hey, this is Phil. Today on the podcast, we have a conversation with Luke about his recent travels to Uganda. And I think the conversation ends up in a great way with us being encouraged about how Jesus is marching victorious over all the earth. So we hope you listen, learn, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Flipside Podcast, where we explore the underbelly of Crestview Bible Church. My name is Andrew Gehring. I'm joined, as always, by Phil, and we have here Luke as well to update us a little bit on his trip to Uganda. But before we do that, we want to do our classic advertisement, which is really just a way for us to announce something for church, if you hadn't gotten the joke yet. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, today our episode is brought to you by the Mission Mondays that are going to be starting on August the 14th. That is a Monday if you're slow on the pickup, August the 14th. And um, we're going to do a view of global missions taught by our very own Luke at 7 p.m. starting on uh, August the 14th. That's a Monday if you didn't catch that. So it's going to be a different, and I'm emphasizing that because it is a different (laughs) rhythm than people are maybe used to Mm -hmm. coming. And we're doing that intentionally so that people can show and not have to miss other things they might be committed to in the body. Um, but Monday, August 14th, it begins, the fun begins, the view of global missions at 7 p.m. So we are here today to talk about the exciting um, African exchange that Luke just enjoyed getting to go to Uganda. Uh, What was the name of the town you were in? Jiju? Jinja. Jinja. Okay. Jinja, yeah. Yep. Juju is like a candy. (laughs) (laughs) Stopping by for Juju foods. Yeah, right. Right, so Jinja, um, did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so we just want to give uh, the body a quick update. I'm not sure if we're going to have, he's kind of given an update, like I'm back, I'm alive, had a great trip, and we've kind of talked to some people along the way, but this seems like the perfect opportunity to roll out an update to the body mm-hmm. so that the people who want that can listen to it. Um, so maybe just right out of the gate, what are three things that uh, Ripples does really well that you enjoyed on your trip? and? Um, that you just saw as you landed there and well, just, just to get us into to it. Start out with, um, if you're not familiar, Ripples from the Well, that's the organization um, you should have been introduced with uh, the VBS offering. They came on a Sunday morning and talked a little bit about it. It was great for me uh, to see on hand exactly what uh, they do. Um, the best way for me to kind of explain Ripples, it's a boys and girls club for Africa. Um, so after school, program type deal, um, child sponsorships, helping, um, with tutoring. Um, they give Bible lessons. So imagine like a Christian African version, I guess, of, um, boys and girls club. So it's not like they're not an orphanage. They're not a school. Um, that's kind of like the questions I usually get like, so it's an orphanage. Nope. They all have their own homes. Um, but the home is, um, seven or eight kids with a single mom in a 10 by 10 foot room that, an essential in, in all intents and purposes are street kids, but they do have a home to come and sleep in, but there's no supervision outside of that. Could, could you maybe give um, a little more background just on the country of Uganda? I don't know if that, because I'm trying to- They have some of the best coffee on the continent of Africa. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, but when I hear Boys and Girls Club, I think of the place downtown Hutch, uh, which is yeah. not probably the way it looks in Uganda. No, Things no. Look way different than they do. Yeah, very, very simple. Um, they don't have, you know, basketball courts and volleyball courts. And we're talking about- um, probably their, um, their property is maybe the size of our foyer 
in mm-hmm. in the church building. So that's the size of their whole property that 150 kids uh, are in. So that means you're teaching classes there, you're doing dances, you're doing, um, you're feeding them, you know, everything that's there. So it's just, it's a lot more simple than obviously a boys and girls club. Um, it is, the population is about the population of Wichita in the city limits of Hutchinson. So population density is a lot um, larger. Um, subsistence living. So the, the rich are really rich and the poor are really poor. There's no middle class. Um, like I said, I think what the stat I heard was that 85% of the population is under 30. So very, very young population. The average, like the life expectancy is about 53, 54. Uh, so disease, um, famine, war has ravished the country in the 70s, 80s, 90s. AIDS was a big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. So that like that shows then with the population, they're just now building themselves back up from just the decades of loss of life during the latter half of the 20th century. So um, that's kind of the lay of the land of our town or of, of Uganda. It's, it is, this is what I told my Sunday school class, if I asked them what they thought percentage of Christianity was, um, most were like, oh, about 2 5%. It's 80. Oh, I, I figured it was probably... Yeah, 80% Christian, that, that is due to um, the British owned them, or whatever you want to call that. Realism. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, until about 1962. So they kind of established a lot of the churches, established a lot of that there. Um, but it's, it's a lot of it is nominalism, very, very surface level. Um, at best, it's um, moralism. At worst, it's outright false teaching. Um, like for example, one sermon that I heard, it was... On the great on the um, the Good Samaritan, and the ending was, well, you better uh, love your neighbor so that way God's happy with you and you get to heaven. Now let's pray. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that it, there there's just it, there's it's Christian, but in name only in that sense. Uh, there's no depth to knowing the gospel, no depth of all that. So um, that's the lay of the land, also religiously. But you you asked Phil about the three things that Ripples does really well. Um, I would say the kids own and they take pride in being a, what they call a ripples kid. So it's not like a, Oh, I'm, I'm a part of ripples. And cause I'm just a poor person. No, like, man, I am a ripples kid. Like we went mm-hmm. to some schools and, um, some of the kids, some of the ripples kids are at these schools and some of them are not. And so like they're, when we came there, they're like, Hey, we're ripples. You know, like mm-hmm. they were like, they had pride in, um, who they are and representing their center. Um, they take pride and they, they, they're a family together. So they come when they come together, there's, there's a lot of love in, in among the kids. There's not a whole lot of fighting. They see themselves as brothers and sisters there. So there's a lot of love. Um, they treat their staff and their volunteers really well. They're very, very well cared for. Um, they uh, are, they meet their needs. So ripples meets the needs of their staff well. And so I think that creates a culture of wanting to work there, of wanting to love the kids, not just all oh, cause I have to be there cause they're on a paycheck. Like it's just, it's a good culture for the staff at large. Um, and I think that the, the leaders of it, there's, there's a lot of integrity. Um, and they, they were Nazis about receipts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so every dollar is accounted for, which again, in mission circles is not, yeah, right. Um, and so they, they're, they're above reproach in a lot of that, the wise stewardship of the funds that they're responsible for. So uh, those are probably the top, top three yeah. things. That they're, they're doing really great work. 
and really wise in what they do. And I think I said, told these guys earlier that all, all the staff is exclusively Ugandan. So the only expats are there are just are the workers that I know who just moved there like last month. So the eight staff and the 20 volunteers are all Ugandan. And so it's, it's owned um, by the Ugandan people. It's not just some initiative by the West um, to be the savior. And, and they really, they, they have their convictions are that they want it to be sustainable. Like we should be able to set this up and hopefully 10, 15 years we can leave and they've got it on their own. That's kind of their vision. And can I, can I bait you into a quick rant as to why it's wrong for just us to export the West? (laughs) I mean, don't we know what we're doing here and don't we have great things and why can't they just do things the way we do? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not going to get into that because we already have we already only have six minutes left. So, <laughs> as to your your timer clock, no. So, like to get into that, I think it's a great thing that um, we we want the gospel to be incarnated in the lives of these people on their terms, mm-hmm. right? Right. So there's a fine line of contextualization there where we want we want them to get the gospel, um, and there is a sense in which they need to get the gospel, mm-hmm. but they don't need to look like Crestview because mm-hmm. they're in Uganda. You know, we need to look like Crestview because we are in a town of 40,000 in central Kansas. They should look like Uganda. (laughs) And it's, I know it's just a huge uh, frustration talking to you and Vivek over the years of Mm -hmm. just how we love in the West to just export our awesomeness. And we need to make sure that we're exporting Jesus and not our awesomeness and again, as, as so, if we have all the answers right yeah right we can't even figure it out here yeah right, right. yeah <laughs> that's good so um i part of your reason in going on this which we've talked about in previous episodes was to think about future partnerships and um you know what what is landing in your mind as you think about future partnerships um and i know you, i know kind of the answer to this because you've already told me but they just do a really great job mm-hmm. of accepting short-term teams. So maybe elaborate on yeah. that. Yeah, so they they have a really good process um, to uh, bringing people over internationally, caring well for them, giving them all of what they need, not only caring for them physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They, they get them ready uh, for this trip. And so I can confidently say that, yeah, if we're – we're going to send a team over there. Like that's, that's a good one to partner with. They're going to get them ready like six to nine months in advance. Not like, Oh, you want to sign up? Okay. Well, we're leaving next month. Come on and join with us. No, they're not. It's not tourism. Yeah. It's not tourism, right? They're going to get you ready uh, for this trip. And then while you're there, uh, care well for our people. So in terms mm-hmm. of like uh, wanting to give exposure um, to people on the front lines of international and global work. Um, and I've never done it before. Yeah, they would they would care really well, and they would give them that right exposure to maybe future possibilities of other places around the world once they get that taste. Um, so yeah, yeah, and that is um, maybe just a quick word inserted here. I know we another rant here that we could go to, but short term trips. <laughs> to what degree are they helpful? Like how do, you know, like what, what we just said, where. We're not trying to export our awesomeness. We're trying mm-hmm. to export Jesus, but we are called to go. The field, I mean, even this week as a church, we're praying for Luke 10 to mm-hmm. the fields being widened to harvest and workers needed in the harvest and asking the Lord to raise that up. So uh, when a when a short-term trip is functioning at its best, how do you see that? What kind of mission philosophies weigh into that? Um, when each member of the short-term mission team has a posture of learning, 
is would be a key element. So I'm going to come here and I want to learn. I want to learn how they do it. I want to learn to see what opportunities that how we can partner better with the locals on the ground. Um, I want to see better at what God is going to be shaping and forming in me um, to me go around the world. Um, it's serving the workers that are already on the field. So that was part of our job over there was the, the eight staff and the 20 volunteers. Big part of it was just encouraging them, right? Refreshing them, um, loving on them, on the workers there, not doing the work for them, but empowering them and like giving them rest and encouraging them um, in that work. So um, yeah, it's definitely a short-term mission trip should not take the job away um, from workers, but it should empower the local. So it's, it's about putting more fuel on the fire, not stealing the fire. Right. And I think when we step into those spaces with a sense of curiosity, right, then, you know, Lord, let your will be done. Mm-hmm. You may want me here. You may want me somewhere else. And let me learn from this so that I can step into another place mm-hmm. and even come back home and be ready to serve you in yeah. whatever capacity. Um, I, this, uh, another question I wrote down, um, you know, I think we're tempted to get a lot of our information about what God's up to in the world from the mainstream media. And uh, because of that, unfortunately, we have people in the body who don't have a lot of discernment as to what they're listening. And um, so when when you think about, um, now that you've had your eyes on what God's doing in another continent, like what kind of news can you bring to us about how God's, you know, God, we talked about in the missions philosophy, right? That God's glory will cover the earth as waters mm-hmm. cover the sea. Mm-hmm. And how did you see that happening in Africa? And yeah. what encouragement can you just give us as a body that, I mean, God's at work all over the world. And we saw that here. Yeah. So uh, I, I talked earlier about it is very, very low income. Yeah. Right. Um, very under-resourced. Um, uh, one of the the gatherings that we were part of they were in a it was probably a eight by six foot room and there was about 20 people in that room um so smaller than your typical children's bedroom and there was 20 people crammed in there and they just were loving it they were loving jesus they were loving worshiping and singing and hearing god's word whatever the content was, uh, but they were eager. Like there wasn't all this fluff. Um, they were traveling from a long ways away um, to come and be a part of God's family that there's babies crying in there and uh, kids coming in and out and it was a family atmosphere. So um, yeah, like God, God is working in, in places where um, yeah, like the, you, you think, well, they don't have all the structure. They don't have, everything it takes to make disciples. Well, God doesn't need all that stuff, right? right. <laughs> um, he just needs hearts what? that are, right? <laughs> he just needs, he wants hearts that want to make his glory known, right? Um, want to make the gospel known to the ends of the earth. And so, um, yeah, we, you hear a lot of fear mongering about, oh man, you know, you hear, you know, the, the church is declining. So God must be coming back. The church is declining where? in one aspect of the world, one slice of the world, which is your part. And you think that is because the one slice that you're a part of, that's when Jesus is coming back now because the church is declining there. No, like the church is exploding all around the world. Um, and, and it's about, it might be high time as missiologists say, where we're going to be starting to receive missionaries, um, from around the world and into the U S and we need, and that's why I say getting a posture of learning, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have all the answers. 
Um, obviously, we don't have the answers. So if if the numbers are, are correct, but um, yeah, God, God is moving despite um, the books and the strategies and everything that we think that we need. The, the spontaneous expansion of the church, yeah, right, right? That we're studying in Sunday school and in the book of Acts. Mm. Um, spontaneously, it's expanding, not right not by our strategies right no it's a, such good news because i think we are so tempted to I, I mean uh i think it's been drilled into my head from childhood just the need is so great and it's so desperate in so many parts of the world and it is right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's the fields are wide into harvest though and mm-hmm. the lord is propelling people out into the harvest and god is up to great things in the world and i know especially based on what um i'm hearing from missiologists in africa in particular God is on the move. Like mm-hmm. he's marching across that yeah. continent and, uh, and waves and, and waves of grace are exploding. And in <laughs> yeah. Asia where yeah, in a lot of sure. parts of Asia, the government has control over consensus numbers. Yeah. So right. if you see, Oh, well it's only 2%. That might not be true. Yeah, <laughs> so right, right. the underground church is alive and well. Yeah, um, sure. The church in China will be one of the largest, it'll be one of the largest Christian nations in the world in a few years. Yeah, right. As, as numbers progress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, but the Chinese government doesn't want you to know that. Right. So it's going to keep saying, oh, there's no Christians here. No, it's, it's there. And, yeah. um, and so. I mean, everything we know about Jesus would, should confirm that in our hearts. Like yeah. we, we know that we have a big savior who works in big ways to save all kinds of people. Are you telling me that he is <laughs> true when he says that the gates of hell will not prevail? I, I think that's true. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, it's such good news. And, yeah. you know, just to think about that, in the world that Jesus is marching victorious, Mm -hmm. doing whatever he wants to do. And we get to partner with him in this. That's the glorious enterprise of missions. So you know that the gates of hell is an offensive, not a defensive (laughs) thing, right? So fling them open. It's it's hell that wants to play defense and it's the church that's playing offense and knocking down those doors. Yeah. Hell, the hell, the description of hell describes the gates, right? Yeah, right. Not something that we have. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Nothing that can stop our king. So. so Somehow the American church likes to think that we have the gates right. and hell is knocking down on our doors. No, the church ought to be on the move knocking down hell's doors. Yeah, right. That's so good. And it will be. And it is. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> well, we are we are at time. And, yeah, uh, we went a little longer, but hopefully this was a blessing to your heart to hear a missionary speak. And uh, one who has just been there, who is fresh from the, the field, and it inspires my heart to, to pray, if nothing else, for Uganda and for Ripples as we continue to feel out the partnership we have there. So we thank you that you joined us for this conversation. We hope it was a blessing, and we'll catch you on the flip side.